Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. Make an appointment today. Or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com, and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Welcome Transformation Talk Radio listeners and shout out to KKNW listeners. This is Ellen Stewart, the pushy broad from the Bronx. Welcome to my show, Recovery Recharged, with my co-host, the illustrious Dr. Pat. How you mm-hmm. doing, Doc? I'm good. I want to give a shout out to Australia peeps. I want to thank all of you out there. Good day. Uh, I know I, I crushed that, right? Uh, thank you, Sean, for taking the show and distributing it to 45 AM FM channels over in Australia. Thank you so much for that. Um, I'm doing great, but I'm excited about this show. I cannot wait to talk about this. I can't. Go know. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I know. I can't wait either. And listening, shout out to Australia. Next month, my guest from Australia. Just want to let you know we're going straight for it, okay? Well, you know in recovery one of the biggest problems that people in early recovery face and people everywhere face is the fact that we would like to try to get more things done and we never seem to have enough time, right? There is just no time for anything. We're always out of energy. We're always looking to find more time and we're always looking to be more productive always trying to do that so i thought it would be great especially for people coming out of early recovery and for people that are just trying to manage their time and their productivity to bring in an expert and that's what i have done today let me tell you a little bit about vicky louise she's with us here today she is a time and productivity expert She has studied at the London School of Economics, and then she went on to certify as a coach at the Life Coach School. She calls herself a reformed hustler because she used to work 80-hour work weeks. I think that's you, Dr. Pat, 80-hour work week there. So I'm telling you right now, you better pay attention to Vicky. <laughs> okay. And now she works 15 hours and a week and gets more done in 15 hours than we all do in 80 hours. She has her own podcast, which is called Hack Your Time, and she is responsible for creating her own time hackers method, and we're going to talk about that today. Welcome, Transformation Talk Radio listeners. Welcome, Vicki Louise. How are you today, Vicki? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I think this is going to be a really fun conversation. Yes, it really is because I know I know Dr. Pat and I both have a lot to say. But first, I <laughs> want you to give us the backstory. I want you to tell all of us because it's a very interesting story why you personally created this program. Give us a background. 
Yeah. So as I said, I was the reformed hustler and I always wanted to be successful. I wanted more from life. And that meant I used to do all the things in work and in my personal life. My, you know, my schedule was planned out for weeks ahead and running from five plans, one to the next to the next, as well as in work, always taking exams and being in the office seven days a week and really thinking if I want to be successful, this is what I'm going to do. I'm willing to do what most people won't. And that's a great thing. And what ended up happening was obviously super close to burnout and just super miserable. And when I closed a a startup that I was running, one where I was working seven days a week and till 10 p.m. and all all the things, um, I ended up launching a coaching practice and I scaled to six figures in six months and I'd work, I was working less hours, less stress, like all of the things. I just remember sitting in, in, in that result and thinking things don't take time. Things don't take hustle. Like everything, like I hadn't expected to create that result and I had done. And once I started to sit with that, like what if we don't have to overwork to create success? Um, I started listening And I listened more and more to all the messages out there that we are getting from being kids, from corporations, from like literally just this inherited mindset of work hard, hard work pays off, put in the hours, the early bird gets the worm. And I was like, this is wrong, right? Like this isn't how it is. Um, And actually six weeks later, I doubled my business again. And what was happening each time was I was working less hours and allowing for more space, which I think is what creates a superpower for us, which is our creativity, our calm, our ability to listen to ourselves versus reacting to emails and reacting to messages from everywhere else. So that's the backstory. Dr. Pat, didn't we grow up with that feeling of work hard, right? Put your nose to the grindstone and that's how you get ahead. You You know, it's really interesting you say that because, um, there's part of my life that that's true. And there's another part of my life that I had the influence of my stepmom. And it took me a lot of years later to reconcile the difference. Um, But something happens when you're homeless. And I'm just going to say this out of the gate. Something happens when you're put into a homeless situation. One of the things that happens is you have to be resourceful. And you cannot be inefficient. Just saying. Now, I had the opportunity to discover that at age 17. And that short period of time taught me some things that I forget to do today in the world. Like what? Like, I will tell you something. If you're homeless, you do not, first of all, you're not like looking at your calendar. I mean, you're not. You know that you have a certain period of time to do one, two, three, and four. And you have to be efficient in how you do it. You have to be smart in how you do it. You have to know where to go and you have to get there before other people like you. There are other things I learned from it. I also learned the power of how to say yes and how to say no and how the consequences or opportunities of those decisions will either get you a job selling hot dogs from a hot dog cart or keep digging in the dumpster behind the hot dog guy's place digging out hot dogs. But all that being said, I get accused, Vicki and Ellen, this is, this is like, this is now my little thing. 
I have had more people email me somehow and say, we know you're busy, Pat. We know. And I said to Linda, what? I don't get it. What do you mean? We know. I never talk about being busy. I love what I do. I mean, this time on air, I don't even consider this like a work thing. This is like my happy place. But other people perceive you as busy. And so maybe you should look at that, Pat. I don't know, Vicki. I don't know, Ellen. What do you think? <laughs> I have to say something because you said something that I loved. You said about not looking at your calendar. And I think we've turned time into this whole industry that takes so much time, right? We like write our long to-do list, then we color code them, then we put them in the calendar, then we change them around, then we don't do them and we move them again. And yeah. literally we are spending five hours a week organizing all of our time and as you said when it comes to the crunch when it comes to do or don't you know like really high efficiency one thing that we're not doing when we're in a highly efficient state is spending lots of time on these time management to do's there you go that's my you're time absolutely <laughs> right you're absolutely right and when i first talked to vicky about this and i talked to her and i said to her you're a time management expert she almost bit my head off she said oh, no, no 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 you're i'm not a time management expert so let's talk about it that uh, talk about that for a minute why not time management and why time hacking tell me about that Yes. So time management is this industry that's been built around rules that were created around work and time and efficiency and all of these things that never considered women, that never considered people that are neurodiverse, that never considered a lot of the industries and roles that exist now. Like the 40 hour work week is a hundred years old, created by Henry Ford for factory work. And like, no, and we're just accepting it. We're like, well, if that's what he's saying, then we'll all do it. And so for me, time management is like, trying to make rules and live within rules that are not optimized for ourselves and our work and time hacking like a hacker is someone that like optimizes a new way of doing things like goes through the back door and is like actually there's a better way to do this and hacks the system and so that's really why I focus on time hacking and we'll speak about my process soon I'm sure but it really is like exactly like what I just said with Dr. Pat like Time management would have you spend lots of time in your calendar. Time hacking has you spend zero time in your calendar. Now, if a calendar works for you, then use it. But the point with time hacking is like taking away the mass marketization of the time industry. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I want to ask you this too, and I know we've got a lot to talk about because, you know, um, we are a production organization. And, you know, part of that is if you walked in the other room, in our production room, well, actually, even if you come in my room right now and saw what was in front of me, um, you walk in the other room, there are three whiteboards in there. And they're in there not to manage time. They're in there to manage what has to be done. It doesn't even tell you when, except that like Monday, right? <laughs> and Tuesday and like that, because we have an obligation to our clients. And so we just brought on somebody new uh, a new producer we're really excited about the changes we're making and he was so excited about all the whiteboards and and I could never explain to Jessica and Linda how I see the whiteboards right and he did it beautifully he said this takes a lot of the detail the many moving parts you have and brings it together to give you a big picture now that's not 
time management. And I have never seen time management work in any of my corporate jobs. I was in corporate America for 24 and a half years. I had the best calendar on the planet. I managed all the projects in the telephone company, all right, like at a trillion dollar level. And I cannot tell you that there was never a day that went by that someone didn't walk in and say, wait a minute. And all of the time management things that you had on your board, you had an immediate anxiety attack because somebody wanted something different. Right. And, right. Measuring... and there are many things. Well, the thing that Vicki pointed out to me was that there are many things that don't work. Right. Time wasters, things that don't work. Vicki, can you discuss some of those things, what yes. you call time wasters? Well, I, I joke the biggest time waster is talking about time, really. <laughs> and like we can see this so often in companies called oh Christian. Jessica's <laughs> smiling. <laughs> Right? We're like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time. Well, there isn't time for this. So how do we find time for this versus exactly like what Dr. Pat was saying? Like, these are the three things that are the priorities. How do, like, how do we get those done? How do we achieve these results? So I will say the biggest time waster that I've come across, having coached hundreds of people and having lived in corporate, in startup, in my own coaching business, in all of the in all of the places is the conversations around time. And, and I encourage all the listeners and you guys, of course, Ellen and Dr. Pat, to also think about this week, observing how, how often we are slipping into those conversations because we'll speak about time like we speak about the weather. It's like, oh, this thing that we can just speak about, forgetting that every time we do, we are building this story of like not enoughness and even like Dr. Pat said, of busyness. I think the reason other people assume that you are busy actually has less to do with you and more to do with this dialogue that we accept in society of like, oh, the reason someone can't do something is because of not enough time or busyness versus they don't want to, it's not a priority. And so, you know, it's more comfortable to say that. So we've built these stories in this dialogue around time that wastes more time and creates more inefficiency. Yes, and it also, it also, the, the discussion that we have around time is always seemingly an encroachment upon it, right? That we're always bothering somebody about time or we're invading somebody's time. So, so it becomes a commodity. So don't you think that's true? I mean, let, you know, give us an idea, uh, you know, what else are some of the time wasters? Uh, oh, wait, this is time waster right now because I'm going to get my notepad right here. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and listen to this, Vicky. Go ahead. Give us give yes. us the biggest time wasters. Well, another time waster that we all know about is try. how often do we sit and replay things that we would have done differently in our past? We're like, oh, you know, I would have done that differently. Like that question of like, you know, what are your biggest regrets or you know, what would you go back and change a year ago? Any of that stuff. Like, I think we want to be focusing on where we are going, not where we have been. When we focus on where we have been, we keep our brain in that cycle, in that loop. And not only does this cost us actual time because it's not, a, there's no value add, but it can also cost us things like our confidence. And especially for your listeners on this radio, like we all have pasts, right? Those pasts don't define us. And we live in a world and a society where we're taught that our pasts do define us and what you did in school and what you graduated in and what, where you worked. And it's kind of like we're put into these boxes. So we believe it instead of actually 
what you want is in your future. Why don't we spend more time there? That's how you accelerate there. Especially in recovery. You've said especially very, very important because people in early recovery lament everything they've done. They turn around and say, I'm sorry for what I did. I, 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 I live in shame. I live in guilt. I live in the past. And yes. that, like you said, is, is, is the ultimate time waster because you can't yeah. do anything about it. You can't change the past. You have to live in the present. So not only um, is that really, really, really important for all of us, but it's especially important in early recovery, wouldn't you say, Dr. Pat? I'll tell you why it's so important. And I want to tell you just real quick what, what recovery programs do to make sure that you keep your eye on the future. And people don't put this together, Ellen, right? Is right. even though you have to go through and you have to do some work on your past, but almost every meeting that I've ever gone to or anybody's ever gone to in like a million programs, what do they read? They read the ninth step promises, what are the nine step promises, right? Amen. You'll have yeah. a new freedom. So, yeah. right. So while yeah. you're doing all of this over here, and I have to tell you, my first sponsor made me memorize them. Like that was 30 something years ago. And I really appreciated that because why? You feel miserable about what you're looking at in a mirror. Right. So where are you going to find your hope from? I think if we could take care of that little time waster thing you just said right there, oh my goodness. Yes, exactly. And it that doesn't mean to ignore the things you've done. It means not to live there. And that's what Vicky's yeah. talking about. You can't yeah. live there. No more. What it, else is a time waster? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually also, Ellen, you point you said to me something about time being a commodity, and I wanted to play on that for a little bit. Okay. Yeah, let's play. Um, so we do, we think about money as an asset, but do we really think about time as an asset? Do we really think about it as a resource that we have? So often we can think about like, for example, investing, we can think about investing money for a return, but are we thinking about how we are investing our time? Mm. So we've spoken about some time wasters, but there are also time creators, like decisions that we make today that can create more time for us later um a simple example that i'll give you is if you if anyone emails me they get an autoresponder saying that i only check my emails once a day and so that means that i now have created so much space in in the relationships in my email response that people don't now email me quick things because they know they're not going to get the answer when they can just find it themselves so how are we using our time to create more time later do you answer your emails once a day, Dr. Pat? I'm looking at mine like every 15 minutes. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think for me, what I, may I? I think for me is what I've learned how to do is, is, is look at my emails, but really mentally and physically sort them based on what I need to do. And, you know, if I stopped to do every request that comes through, I get 200 emails an hour. I'm just saying, if I stop to look at every request and stop to try to get it done. So I compartmentalize and maybe that's not the right word. I, I have to look at what is a priority and what do I need to delegate? Because if I sit on an email for 24 hours that needed to go to Jessica for Jessica to do something, then I'm creating a bottleneck. And so what I've learned is 
there is a due diligence on my part, but I'm not going to look at it every five minutes. That's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do that. And I give people alternate ways to get a hold of me if there's like, I can't do my show today. My internet's down, right? Um, so these are the kinds of things that in our industry, we have other systems. They call Linda. You can call Linda. Yes, but um, it also represents, like you said, a sense of ur- urgency. And that's what the, I think Vicki is, is alluding to, that we turn yeah. around and we have to give ourselves the priority of taking care of ourselves first, still managing the things that we need to. And just because it's somebody else's sense of urgency doesn't necessarily mean it's ours. Did, did right, we talk about that yet? Yeah. The one where you put yourself first yet, Vicki? Did we do that one? Because I don't remember you talking about that yet. That's We're the one I'm there. waiting for. We're going there now. Talk a little bit about that. Okay. Talk That's got to be one of the there. things here. Yeah. I mean, listen, we all know it in theory. We've heard it a thousand times. Put yourself first and everyone else benefits. But if we're being fair to and I'll just a lot of my work does tend to be with women so that is where more of my knowledge is but so what a lot of what I've seen with women is if we're being fair we're told our whole lives to take care of other people and to and even like in how we evolved in our evolution being nurturing and all of this stuff so it's all well and good to say put yourself first but I think we're underestimating our instincts and our socialization around how indoctrinated we are I am going to use that word to take care of other people so of course we're facing that battle of like the conscious I know the best thing is to take care of myself and the subconscious programming of but actually I should take care of everyone else first and the reason I want to point that out is because we can get so annoyed at ourselves this is something I see with my clients when we're not taking care of ourselves when we said we would and I think understanding why and where it comes from and acknowledging that is is super important instead of sitting in the blame and the frustration which guess what is another time waster right um so yes, prioritizing ourselves, and, and not just prioritizing ourselves, but prioritizing the needle movers in our work. What are the things, like I say to my clients to pick three things a week, and everyone's like, three? That's not a lot. And I'm like, it's not a lot on purpose, because guess what? Urgent things are going to come up. Something's going to crash. Or, you know, you want to create so much space for those things. And then guess what? You get another week in five days. Like it's really, it really comes around fast. What we tend to do is we overload our plate and then we're already like walking around with a tray like full of food, right? And then people, other people are piling other stuff on it until it completely knocks over. So what you're doing, what you're saying is to prioritize your work week into three important priority tasks. That's what you're saying to do. Yeah. So so you decide the results. What's the results that are going to that we that we want to prioritize this week. For example, for you guys, sometimes it could be finding amazing people and experts to bring on. Other times it could be finding opportunities in Australia and expanding your reach there. Like what you know, what are, what's the priority? And it can be different and will be different every week. And then what are the actions, what are the what are the key tasks that need to be completed that week in order to create the outcome and make it guaranteed? Yeah. Versus, well, we could also, while we're speaking to Australia, we could also speak to France, where, where I am. Like you could, you could speak to every country in the world, but if that's not your priority, then just you know, just because like one of the things I say to my clients is just because you can doesn't yeah. mean you do. Right. 
Yeah. I love that you said that because, you know, part of that distinction is really important. You know what I'm saying? Some people see it as a fine line. Other people have a really hard time making the distinction. And I think what you really tapped into is if we can learn that in, in just about everything, right? If we can learn that, then the excuse of not working out when your elliptical is in the same room you watch your TV and hello, like gigantically in front of you and you don't get on it, like what is that about? Um, some of these issues go a little bit deeper, Vicki, don't they? Yes, like if you think, well, there's no point, I'm never gonna get fit anyway, I've tried this before and it's not worked, it makes me sweat, I don't like how I feel. You know, if your story around the elliptical is one that it's not fun, it's not successful and it's pointless, then of course you're not going to do it, even if it's right in front of you. Like that, the, the point is, and, and I think a little bit what we want to remember is how we are sold things is if it's right in front of you, you'll do it. And that takes away the, the number one thing that I think is a creator of any result in our life, which is responsibility. Mm. It's like the responsibility is in the location of the elliptical versus the responsibility is in us to think like, actually, why, why did I get the elliptical? Like, what did I actually want? What was my reason for doing it? Why was I committed to bring it in in the first place? And then from there, making different decisions. Like, you know what? I'm going to play one song that I love and get on it and have fun. That's it. Versus if I'm not going to go on for an hour, it's not worth my time. That's another, I'll just say, I would love to hear your opinions on this. Another issue I have with this whole things take time story is we end up not doing things because we don't have time. So I'm not going to work out unless I've got an hour, for example. What, what about you guys? What do you think about that? You're absolutely right. And we have to understand, and I know a lot of my clients come to me and say, I didn't accomplish everything I wanted to this week because I just didn't have enough time to do it and I couldn't devote the time I wanted to it. And I always ask them, how much time did you want to devote to it? And they give me this insurmountable amount of time that Olympic athletes are trying to devote time to. So immediately they set themselves up for failure. Because if they can't do any of it, then none of it is worthwhile. And that certainly is is a big deficit that we all have. And I know we're going to talk about this some more. I know we're going to go to a commercial break. We want to talk about how we can actually change our work habits. And then you're going to talk to us about your specific hacking time method with you. Okay. So before we go to break, would you please tell us how we can reach you, Vicki? How do we get in touch? How do we find you? Yes, you can connect with me on Instagram at Vicky Louise. It's V-I-K-K-I-L-O-U-I-S-E and then three underscores. And also Hack Your Time, the podcast, and VickyLouise.com. Simple. Fantastic. That's great. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk all about time hacking with Vicky Louise. Are you ready to put down that drink or drug for good? Are you struggling to maintain your recovery from addictive behaviors? Do you need help with a family member or loved one who's in early recovery or battling addiction? Get the help and guidance you need by arranging a recovery recharged phone session with me, Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, Certified Life and Recovery Coach. Call 1-800-889-1757. 
Make an appointment today or go to my website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com and click on the link that says Recovery Recharged. Don't wait. Get the help you need today. This is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Hey, look, some of us are outwardly successful, but inwardly feel unhappy and living a life lacking purpose and meaning. Well, The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer can help you discover what's important to you and how to reach out and go for it. For more information or to purchase the book, go to transformationtalkradio.com or go to carlgreer.com. We figured by the time we turned 50, we kind of had life figured out, but we were not prepared for the realities of midlife. Tune into And That's When I Realized, The Truth and Comedy of Midlife with me, Susan Dolce. And me, Leon Dyer, every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You're not alone in these challenges, and sometimes you just gotta laugh. Find us at SusanDolce.com and LeonDyer.com. Want to ignite your best life full of joy, passion, and purpose? Then join me, Stephanie James, for The Spark, Wednesday nights, 6 o'clock Pacific Time, 9 o'clock Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com and learn how together we can illuminate the world. Learn more on StephanieJames.world. The best is yet to come. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack, and I'm excited to tell you about the latest technology. It is new to this country and it's just amazing. Out of Germany. The Healy is state of the art technology for improving and changing the body vibration. I have more information about the Healy on my website, MaryJaneMack.com, or you can call the office at 888 777 4232. Welcome back. This is Ellen Stewart, the Pushy Broad from the Bronx. I'm here with Dr. Pat and Vicki Louise, and we are talking about trying to get more time for ourselves. Vicki Louise, the time and productivity expert, and she is really going to talk to us about her time hacking method. Vicki, we are all ears. How do we get the time that we need? Yeah, so um, such a good question. We were just speaking in the break about why it is that we can know what we want to do and we're not doing it and why a calendar or a to-do list doesn't make us do it even like an alarm it's like we have snooze and what it feels like to fill your time and be busy and still feel unsatisfied still feel behind still feel tired and so the reason the three things that we focus on in time hacking um, and I think the three things that have you move faster and achieve more in less time. These are the only three things and notice none of them involve a clock or a calendar. The first thing I call it hacking your brain. What we do, again, we spoke about this earlier is we have stories from our past, how, uh, how a neighbor or an old school teacher described us like, well, Ellen, you are, you are always late. You're always coming in late to class. And we bring that with us later in life. So our brain is like 
programmed with these negative stories of I'm a procrastinator. It's just who I am. I'm a perfectionist. I, I just can't help being a perfectionist. And we walk around and every time we say something, we are programming our brain to turn that way. And one thing we know is like our, our self-concept, our stories change. And especially your listeners have already experienced that, right? We've right. already created massive change. And it's the same with these stories. So we, what we want to do is we want to hack our brain. So it's working to accelerate us towards what we want to achieve and not providing like a rock around our ankle that's slowing us down. Because any person that describes themselves in any negative way is unknowingly putting themselves through the quicksand. Everything is more difficult when you have you know, a negative self-concept, a negative connotation. And typically it's come, I had a client say, oh, well, I'm impatient. And I, and it's, you know, I've been told that since I was young. I was like, by who? Who told you that? Who cares? Drop it. Right. Let's just decide. Right. Right. Like, I was like, think of one example in your life where you are patient. Tell me about it. And she was like, oh, immediate example. Here I am patient. I was like, oh, so you are not always impatient. So really, and you guys want to share anything about you you know if you want to butt in at any point with this and and share your own experience with this I would love to hear it but really how we talk about ourselves and and how our brain has been programmed to think about us yeah okay true confession time or not true confession time all right go for it I I I love being able to have a show like this because I want to say to everybody listening I'm I'm no different than any one of you out there yeah I'm really not uh, and that's why you don't hear me talk in my big broadcast voice. And, you know, we, that's not that's not this network. This is a network where we get to be the real deal. And the reason we're no different is because we have things that go on in our mind. So here I go. I got two brand new knees. Love them. Uh, exceeded the bending ratio. Love that. And need to build up some strength and do some other things. So I decide to get a machine to help me because I love machines, especially these digital things now. But do you think I would get a machine that would meet my goals and allow me to not kill myself? No, no. I get this match trainer, which is a combination between an elliptical and a stair stepper. And honestly, when they say all you need is 14 minutes, you're thinking to yourself, oh, piece of cake. No, the reason they say that is because two minutes on this machine is like 30 minutes on some other machine. So here's the brain. I get on it. I take the assessment. You're supposed to be able to do it for 12 minutes. I'm done at two minutes. What does the brain say if you let it say? oh my god pat can you send the machine back you know did you buy the wrong machine are you not going to be able to do it and that is not the truth but that is a good story vicky and mm-hmm. that's a good way to program yourself right into defeat and sending that machine back okay because that's what we do all the time and that's exactly what i also teach in recovery that we can reprogram our brain because we all do this we always start with the i can't rather than i can and at least gives give ourselves the time and the patience to say I can. It may take time, but I can. And the most important thing about this and what Vicki is saying and that what I am certainly a great proponent of is the fact that we are not stuck. 
in one particular way of thought. Okay. We choose to stay stuck. And the things that I talk to myself about too, is that I do not have to stay in negativity. I can program, reprogram my brain into positive action and positive thought. So you'll turn around and say two minutes today on that machine, maybe three minutes tomorrow. No, no kidding. No kidding. It, it, it really is true. I mean, you know, when I got back into playing after having my knees done and Linda was sitting there with me, she's going to be coming back. What I realized was my body forgot. And then yes. I realized my body never really knew how to use good knees because I injured my knees at 19. Yes. And it was so funny to watch. And Linda's listening to me complain. I can't move. I can't move. And what I realized, it's not that I can't move. I needed to mentally and physically prepare for that. And it's no different than what we're talking about. See, that's like an incident. You can talk about sports and people like what they do, but us in our everyday life, we can do the same thing. That's what you're saying, Vicki. No, exactly. Exactly. So what are the other two things we're talking about? You said the first thing, give us the other two. Yes. The second one is how we make decisions and implement them. And what we tend to make decisions from is like, we tend to make unsustainable decisions based off of, you know, fear or people pleasing or anxiety or not wanting to let people down, wanting to avoid failure at all costs versus what I teach my clients, which is how to make decisions through kindness and growth. Um, I call them like decision-making ninjas. It's like making quick decisions not to avoid failure, but to get smarter. Everything we do requires a decision first. And when we sit in indecision, we are 100% sat in not doing anything, right? We're like, I don't know if I'll start this machine today or not. I don't know. I'll see. Maybe I'll start later. Maybe I won't. That's all time spent in a decision of inaction. I even... I even have a module on like the truth about indecision and that it doesn't exist. We're always in a decision. And when we start seeing that we are always in a decision, we have to own that right now our decision is to do nothing. And you know what? I'm all for doing nothing. Like I'm big for women rested. (laughs) That's the revolution. But I'm not for doing nothing when we want to do something. When we have something that we know we are capable of, you know, you can do three minutes you know you can do it and your brain's like I don't know because like <laughs> scary and we've not done it before I'm like that's not a, you know you know what I mean like kindness and growth tells you you know what I'm not going to tell myself I'm going to do 12 minutes that's like maybe pushing it up like I don't need to jump from zero to 100 but kindness and growth is like we could do three I wonder what it would be like to do three and how we make those decisions and and uh, Ellen spoke earlier about people um you know, saying, I don't have time. I've got, you know, I've given myself eight hours to work out this week and I've not done it. Like one of the things I love offering people is the 10 minute method, just 10 minutes, go for a walk for 10 minutes, lie down for 10 minutes, do yoga for 10 minutes, like everything. 10 minutes is a a valid investment of time into something. So how we make decisions a hundred percent dictates the results that we create. And the third one is our fear of failure. And what I teach my clients is firstly, failing is a self-concept and one we should all be proud of because failing is how we get smarter. And it's the only way to create success. I don't know about you ladies, but 
for me, my biggest successes have come after my most excruciating fails. And it's the same with fear. Fear exists. We get to choose the story we tell about it. We either make it mean something's wrong or like, what's going right? Like, what is this awakening in me? How can I show up with fear? And when you show up with fear, that's when you become unstoppable. And of course, that takes a great deal of courage. I mean, there's no question. We always say that courage means being afraid and doing it anyway. And I'll tell you something. You have the same philosophy that I give to my clients as well. And I remember, Dr. Pat, we've had many um, eating experts and nutritionists on the program, and they talk about the same thing, meaning when you get up in the morning and you want to go on, you want to stay on your diet, and for some reason you blow it right in the beginning and you have this big breakfast and pancakes and eggs and sausages and the whole thing and then you turn around and say well the day is shot the nutritionists and the dietitians are saying no it starts from now the very first time you decide to do something next is when it starts the moment you move in a certain direction is when that starts and that's the same thing with am I going to get on the treadmill for a minute am I going to to start to do the next project that I want to do all of those things mean the day is not wasted because I know so many of my clients say I'll do it tomorrow right I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do it next week or I'll set a start date in a few days and all of those things and then all we do is is procrastinate and worry over that time don't you think yeah it's that all or nothing thinking I had I literally had a client say to me once it's 8 30 a.m I've already ruined the day I was like, of course your brain wants to tell you that you've ruined the day. It's like, why don't we just do nothing today? And if we say we've already ruined it, then we can avoid all the fails that are inevitable because we're putting ourselves out there and making offers in our business today. Um, And it's just understanding that, like you said, I mean, this is one of the other things I have about the time rules. Mondays, who decided Mondays is when we start things? Who decided January 1st is important or the first day of the month? Or it's so limiting. What it actually does is put us in kind of a no man's land, a no no woman's land for a period of time of when we've made the decision to like, oh, I actually want to start something. It's like, start it now. Yeah. Whatever your reason is for not starting it now, yeah. it's only going to get bigger between yeah. then and the Monday. You know what's so brilliant about what you're saying? And I know you're going to run in a minute, but I want to tell you what's so brilliant about it because, you know, I knew we were going to do this show and I had a little bit of an awakening. You know, you know, my day, I understand my day. I understand what it does. I understand what I like to do. And one of the things that I realized is that I, I love my day. But I don't like the idea of having to think about what am I going to have for dinner that I don't like that, because when I get into that, what am I going to have for dinner? Uh, Drive through is going to be my choice. I had a light bulb go on all the stories I was taking, telling myself about these services that they provide where they either deliver a meal. You can just put in the, the thing oven. Right, I don't right. microwave. Or they send you the meals in products in 30 minutes. You're cooking like a whole thing. Right. When I made that decision after getting rid of all of the wrong thoughts about how expensive it was and realized, oh, my gosh, I'm spending more by not doing it. That has been the greatest blessing. And all of the stories had to do with time. See, they're all time stories that weren't actually true. You're absolutely right. 
And I even want to offer, I think the time story never exists. I think there's always something underneath it. Like, I think, was it time or was it, you know, like, like I said, like, well, there's no point. Or was it like, this isn't going to work anyway. This isn't going to create the results I want. This isn't going to be tasty. This isn't going to be fun. This is going to take away my enjoyment. Right. So it's like, if one of the things I say to my time hackers is if we can't use the word time, what else is going on? Because underneath it, I promise you, is a, is a something in your brain, something in your decision-making or something in your fear of failure 100% of the time. And that's why those are the three areas we focus on in Time Hackers. And, you know, okay. once you get past the point where you say, oh, well, I have a very certain diet. I do. I have a very, I'm gluten-free. I'm, I'm low carb. And then you have that story. They say, and then you say, oh my gosh, it does exist. And then you get it and you realize these people have put all the ingredients together. They give you a color chart, like how to cook it, in what order to cook it, at what temperature to cook it. Things that I would have never cooked for myself, like some kind of, I mean, I just can't even, because I had stories about this. Yeah. And it's actually easier, right? It's actually easier it's and more totally enjoyable. totally easier. And I think that's what we're missing. When we're not looking at what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. we're looking at the easier part, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, the quickest, the most expeditious way, right? The fastest. Yeah, but it's not even, I think that's what Dr. Pai is saying is, it's not the easiest, it's just what we've always done. And our brain loves the familiar and it will always choose the familiar even though we all have countless examples of the familiar wasn't actually the fastest, the tastiest, the tastiest, or the most fun once we looked, you know, and opened the other door, which is exactly, I love that you shared that specific example. And it's organic. I'm just saying, this is like organic and the price per (laughs) meal. I'm honestly, the price per meal, you can't even go through a drive-thru for a single person and get a drive-thru. I'm not even mentioning a name. Yeah. But I had a whole story that it was going to be impossible. Yeah. Yes. So, good. so do us a favor, Vicki, with everything that you've taught us today, give us some time. I know you've got just a few minutes with us. Sum up for us some of the key things that we can walk away with here and then let us know where to find you. Give us, you know, two or three things that we can say, yep, I yes. got this under control. Go ahead. So when your brain offers the time excuse, ask yourself what's actually going on underneath it. Is it a story you have about yourself? Is it a decision that's not been made? Or is it a fear of failure? And then you get to solve for the actual problem. The second thing I will say is um, how much time you're spending on time management to do this. Like it really, I think that was the first thing we spoke about. And I think it's so powerful. And I think it's something that we can do because it's like, we feel like we're being productive. But like Dr. Pat said at the beginning, like focus on the efficiency, like what actually are the needle movers? And I encourage everyone to think about their week in threes. I just think it's such a powerful way to be like, what are the three results that are going to make this week successful? Um, And, you know, that's your decision filter for everything that you do that week. And if you find yourself spending an hour on emails on Thursday afternoon, you're like, wait, this isn't conducive to what my priority is that week. So I would say those are the biggest takeaways. And the last one, I promise, is the 10-minute method, just because it's so implementable. So if there is something you want to do, do it for 10 minutes. Do it for two minutes. Just start, because your brain will convince you that it's not worth it unless you do it for an hour. And the opposite is true. Like, the first two minutes is the most powerful. Like, I would say to Dr. Pat, you've done the hardest part. You've done the first two minutes. And how do you approach it when you feel like you've done the hardest part already versus the hardest part is ahead of you? 
Oh, and where to find me? <laughs> Great. Yes. I'll finish. <laughs> you looking at me. Okay, so find me on Instagram. It's at Vicky Louise underscore 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 V-I-K-K-I. Um, go to VickyLouise.com on that homepage. You can download literally a 10-minute video of the four biggest time wasters. And then you're going to get daily emails for four days with exactly how to solve them. So that's a great resource for everyone. And the podcast, Hack Your Time. So thank you very much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Vicky, yeah, thank you. Fantastic. And I already got my three things picked out already. I'm already like there. I already get there it. There you go. All right. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Vicky, thank you so thank you, Vicky. much. We will have you back. Take care. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you. Bye. Oh, my gosh. So, Ellen, what's your takeaway? Right? Um, uh, well, you, like you said, first of all, when you talked about three things, what she talks about is really, really important because it's not only tasks. It's not about tasks. It's, it's She's very specific. What do you want to accomplish? You know, which means what is your goal out of the three weeks? Not that you just want to, you know, do one thing and, 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 you know, go on the elliptical or, or, you know, or edit a show or whatever, but what do you want to accomplish in the week, which for me is a much broader topic, don't you think, than just accomplishing three tasks? Hmm? Well, I think what it is, is first of all, she gives us permission to be people to be human. Yes. That's number one, you know, and she's not shaming us for that. But the other thing also is, you know, in the context of how she frames it, she's talking about results. She's not talking about check your calendar. Um, And that story that I, that I gave about the food thing that has made my life so much easier. Just simple things like that. Really easy, simple changes. Easy. And I get enough of the food that there's no waste, that I don't have to buy five bunches of kale or whatever that is. And it's really interesting that there was a whole story about that. Yes. Uh, But this is what we can do with things in our lives. And when you talk, you mentioned recovery several times, and I think it's really important to address this. One of the most daunting things, I think, especially in early recovery, is to get easily distracted from your primary purpose and your primary purpose in early recovery is do not drink or do not use. That's it. Exactly. And that's all you have to focus on. And one of the things she said really hit home for us and that stop worrying about the past. Don't live in the shame and guilt. Stop focusing on the time spent. You did all those bad things and focus on the time right now that you're doing good things. Okay. It's about doing the good things right now. And that means I'm not drinking today. I'm not getting high today. And I am living in gratitude because of it and reprogramming your brain, which is exactly what you need to do to stay in recovery. You need to reprogram your brain. You need to use time wisely. And one of the things to do that she talks about is not even to focus on it. Stop worrying about time. Worry about action. Worry about movement. Worry about moving things forward. Because every single time I do that, I know it's easier for me to stay clean and sober one day at a time, Dr. Pat. What do you think? Absolutely. There's no question about it. And I think that once you come to that place that you just mentioned, it is also a pathway to freedom. You know, you're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Yes, you will. And, you know, the shows that you're doing, Ellen, and especially a show like today, gives people a pathway. It gives them permission to not overachieve because anybody that's been on the pathway knows that, and studies have shown, people that are alcoholic 
have literally been classified as some of the most productive people around. And you ask yourself, why is that? And it is because you work, you work, you work, you work, you work, you work, and you burn out. Exactly. You know that. Oh, she's a high-functioning alcoholic. You heard that like (laughs) 9 million times, right? Unbelievable. It's not about that at all. It's about breathing. You can see that she was free. I mean, the way she talked about it, she was smiling the whole time. It's all about the concept of breathing, taking a, a, a good step for yourself, putting yourself first. And believe me, that's something that I work on every single day so that I can give that back to my clients. And in many ways, we're open to learning that every single day, right? You too. I learn something new every day. At least something. Today I learned three things. I learned, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. I need, I need our listeners to know that before Dr. Pat had her knee surgery, she turned around and she said to me personally at privately and on the air, I don't know if I'll ever be able to play table tennis again. Okay. That's what she said. And now she's probably pre-Olympic qualified because all of a sudden now that all went away. So all of those fears and all of those anxieties are completely out the window because you are bouncing back better than ever. So there's a lesson for you right there. And pain-free. I mean, let's just be clear. I mean, clearly the surgery is still fresh, but to be honest with you, it's hard to even describe the pain that most people live with in their lives. Um, Ellen, thank you again for a great show. How do people find out about you? You didn't tell anybody about that. Oh, well, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I am still doing free sessions around COVID stress and everything else. Come to my website, people. It's time. Pushybroadfromthebronx.com. You can also call me toll-free at 800-889-1757. I'm doing free 30-minute sessions, and we'll go from there. We can talk about anything recovery-related, reinvention, life coaching, career coaching, anything you need, I'm here, as always. Always on Transformation Talk Radio and with my friend and colleague, Dr. Pat. You've been listening to Recovery Recharged with Certified Life and Recovery Coach Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx. Don't miss your next opportunity to let me help you recharge your recovery, let go of your secrets, and change the way you think, feel, and act right here on TransformationTalkRadio.com.